Welcome to the Secure Dental Podcast. Through conversations with the brightest minds in the dental and business communities, we'll share practical tips you can use to scale your practice and create financial freedom for yourself and your family. My name is Dr. Noah Liu, CEO and dentist at Secure Dental, and also co-founder of Dentbio. I'm your host for the Secure Dental Podcast, and I'm so glad you're joining in. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of our Secure Dental Podcast, where we bring guests in from in and outside the industry. And today we have Dr. Wu Kong. He is a practicing dentist in Austin, Texas. He moved from Chicago, Illinois. That's where I'm based off. And he's the owner and founder of High Point Dentistry. High Point Dentistry is top 5,000 fastest growing companies by Inc.com. Dr. Wu Kong is the owner of High Point Dentistry, and he first received his bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering from Michigan State University. Engineering's technical aspect appealed to him, and he applied them to his dental practices. He is a graduate of University of Detroit Mercy School of Dentistry and is a third-generation dentist as his father and grandfather were both dentists. That's awesome. He is a member of the American Dental Association, the Academy of General Dentistry, and Dentist Entrepreneur Organization. With a vision, he created a patient-centric dental practice that prioritizes the comfort and satisfaction of his patients. High Point Dentistry has now expanded to six dental offices across two states and providing comprehensive dental services that are privately and doctor-owned. The offices are the top-rated dental offices in their respective area of over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. High Point Dentistry is committed to ethical and compassionate patient care and has helped build a loyal following of patients who are treated like family. Dr. Kong, that's awesome. (laughs) Good to have you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I guess I could have kept that bio a little shorter. (laughs) <laughs> oh, no, I love it. I love it. So here's the thing, right? In dentistry, we're always talking about like Google reviews. We're talking about like, what do we do different? And for you to do that over six locations, that's awesome. I just wanted to take this time and have you start off how you got started. What is some of the challenges and some of the successes that you went through when mm-hmm. you started right after dental school? Yeah. You know, after dental school, if it's okay with you, I'll go a little bit back and just tell you a little bit of my history. My parents are from Cambodia and Southeast Asia. So you, you know that history of the area, there was a civil war that broke out. My parents were fortunate enough to escape that war and they went to a refugee camp in Thailand and that's where I was born. We were sponsored by a Catholic church to come to the United States. And for me, I just live the, the traditional immigrant life. Just my parents owned a restaurant and worked hard and just learned all the values of hard work and with them. And that's a little bit of history about me before dental school, but after dental school, we I just took the job that I could out in Rockford, uh-huh. Illinois. You remember you. Right. Hey, I was there with you. <laughs> yeah. So for the audience, I know Dr. Kong since, I don't know, 2009, 2008, yeah. something yeah. like that. And we both worked as an associate at a dental company. And that's when me and him, we hit it off. And I just want to know, I know you've been through a lot, right? How has coming to this country and what you went through shaped what you're doing right now. Yeah, I didn't mention my, most of my father was a dentist too, and his mm-hmm. career was cut short. And he only worked in private practice for about a year. And when he came to the United States, he didn't have that opportunity to go back to dental right. school. Just, you wanted to make that happen, right? 
initially wasn't even on my radar. Growing up, I didn't even know he was a dentist. And I went to engineering school and just didn't really appeal to me sitting in a cubicle all day. And I wanted to own my own business after seeing what my parents went through with their business. I wanted to be able to absolutely provide some value to the community and when I found out he was dentist, I was like, hey, that's, that'd be cool to did what he did and carry on that legacy. And so right. I made that last minute change and glad I did it. No, great. Great. Fast forward now, mm-hmm. when you started like opening up your first practice, tell us a little bit about what was it like? What were the challenges and how did you overcome them? Like your first dental practice? Yeah, that was a very challenging time. Back then, there's not as many oh, resources that everybody has now. In, in the dental field. Well, you've been through that too, but it was just trial and error mm-hmm. and learning how to deal with insurances, learning about AR, all that stuff. You just had to learn by yourself right? and just doing it trial by error and making sure that you figured out what needed to be done before you, you trained your employees on how to do it. So it was really just figuring things out, Googling things and... Wearing all the hats, right? Yeah, wearing all the hats. No, because when we started off, uh, a couple of things, like you said, like you just brought it up, figuring out the AR. Trust me, when we started, we I did not even know compliance was part of it. But we need to have some of the like disposables in the red bags. Those were all like trial oh, and yeah. error. Right? Yeah. You don't know these things till somebody comes knocking on your door. And many times when you find out, like when you are starting off, you wish you had a checklist, right? You wish you had something which is going to make your life easier. Okay, go. Okay, well, I need to do this not knowing anything and just starting off. So tell us a little bit, what did you do to overcome it? You said trial and error, but was there something else that you employed like in your practice to make it a little bit more efficient for you and your team? I think from zero to eight years, that was the, that's how we figured things out. It wasn't the best way, but it really wasn't until eight years into is really when we started to create these checklists and systems. Mm. And we had to, the mentality to grow. But for me, I didn't really have a reason to do it. And it wasn't really until probably four or five years ago, I remember I, I had just finished a root canal. I was right. in my office writing my notes and I hear this knock on my door. And it was one of my first employees. She had came in and she's, hey, Dr. Kong, I'm thinking about quitting. And I was shocked. This employee had been with me since we had opened the practice and helped me grow that practice. And she said that, there was any opportunity to grow within the practice. And, and that was really when I realized like, hey, I got to do something. If I want to retain my employees, I have to grow because I wanted my employees to grow with me. And that was really when we took the initiative to grow from right. one practice to, to six in the last three or four years, because what we're all about is just growth and offering opportunities for employees to grow with us. But starting to delegate some of those things, employees, it's hard. You want to do everything. Correct. Correct. And that's one of those biggest things that I learned and I found a challenging was how do you delegate? And today, it's if somebody's doing something which is like even 60 to 70% as good as I am, it's out of my checklist. It's out of my plate yeah. and, it's dele- and it's gone. It's delegated to make sure. One thing we have to understand as entrepreneurs, as practice owners, that eventually everyone leaves. And that is a huge lesson on this part here as well. And uh, you went through that. I go through that in multiple stages. It's all about while they are here in the office, how do you create this winning culture? And you brought up a good point, like zero to eight years, right? And I feel like if I go back to the consulting breakpoints that we had, I'm sure you're aware of it, right? Like zero to one million, that's breakpoint number one. And when we are going through that revenue breakpoints, we need to understand like it's the system and the processes. 
that's at play. And then once when you hit that $3 million breakpoint, what do you do then? Then it becomes like, how do we become more efficient? And then we hit the third breakpoint. Now it becomes a, who are we associating with? Who's on our team members? So I think this is something where we all went through the growing pains and something for us to consider going back and making sure like anybody who's listening, who's in the same boat, they need to understand where they are at their revenue cycle. How important do you think that is? Oh, that's huge because you don't know what these breakpoints are until you actually get there. Until we hit um, them, yeah. Oh gosh, like you had mentioned, zero three is just all about focusing on your leadership skills and huge developing yourself, investing in yourself. And then after that, once you hit certain targets, oh my gosh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Who right now we're in that breakpoint, like trying to figure out who we need to continue right. to grow. And it's challenging, definitely challenging. It's challenging. And even right now, we are still navigating through the forest and through the rough waters, right? It's, it's never ending. Yeah, it seems like you get through one and it gets even harder. I thought it was supposed yeah. to get easier. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. One of the things that I started here was something called a company called Dentvio. I'm not sure if you heard of it. It's a virtual assistant company. And what I did was because, again, when we talk about the who, how do we delegate some of the staff? How do we supercharge some of our team members, hoping that they don't quit, hoping that they are going to be around for a while? And that's what I did, getting these agents there. And it's been working out phenomenally right now because these guys are like a back-end office work. So they help the front desk quite a bit, like supercharging the front desk. They are not there to replace anybody, but just to help them out. And so that has helped us quite a bit with our retention rate with people. It's like we're living in a different times. Like after the pandemic, everyone is like an offsite working kind of people. They all want to be like a remote assistant. So with that being said, any of your offices, do you see like that turnover because they are worked too much? Yeah, that's I felt I feel like last year or like last two years really were all about just the mass migration out of dentistry. And yeah, the problem was like the last two years was just employment, keeping, retaining, training. And I feel this year is all about just our margins being squeezed with everything, the cost of employment, the cost yeah. of supplies. But yeah, we've had to outsource some of our staff roles as well. Like we use a company called Zimwork, but it's a, a remote team that we use there out in Zimbabwe. Awesome, awesome. And awesome. yeah, because retention was such a big problem that we had to figure out another way to to outsource some of these tasks that we typically do in the office. And so it's been helpful, definitely helpful when we are trying to grow, like we're at this point in the office where it's growing, we don't need another staff quite yet, but we have a remote team. So they act as a buffer for that transition. Yeah, yeah, it helps. And that's exactly where my growing pains started from when we were trying to do our own and trying to figure out, okay, how do we get to some of the remote teams? How do we access these guys? And I'm a kind of a control freak myself. So I want to make sure I have the QC under my belt. So with our team remotely, I made sure they are in a secure building and they are make sure they have those access cards and just to ensure, again, HIPAA compliance and, and the whole nine yard. In your opinion, at this point in time, how important do you think these remote agents are playing for you? Yeah, for sure. It's a big asset to us. I think every dental office should look into that because Love like it. I mentioned before, when somebody calls in sick or you have an employee that goes on maternity leave, mm -hmm. you got to be able to fill that gap. And it doesn't make sense for you to hire somebody, Correct. train somebody when you have an, another option now. Exactly. Like, since you're a company that you've started, I think that's a great resource that you can fill in those voids because a lot of that stuff can be done remote. And I think now we're all starting to realize that. Realize that. Absolutely. Absolutely. What would you say if you were to name three things that attributed to your success, just like off the head, like the first things first, what would it be? 
Oh, uh, I think now it's about collaborating. Like with the, awesome. like what Love we're it. doing right now, collaboration, I think is one being persistent is another and just Love not it. giving up on, on what, what, what your dreams are. Just have the goals there. Eyes on the prize. Yeah. No, awesome. With the future coming up, what are you looking at? Where is High Point going to be? What's your plan, your vision? I'm sure you maybe may or may not agree with this, but like for us, growing is almost like a, it's not an offensive strategy. It's like a defensive strategy with yes. where dentistry is heading, the consolidation in dentistry. It's just going to continue on. And for us to continue to have a provider own practice, right. we have to grow because there's leverage that most dentists don't know that these companies have. And right. we're the ones that are being squeezed, whereas their, their reimbursements or supply costs are improving. Ours mm -hmm. is getting squeezed and being able to have at least some negotiating power definitely helps. We're, we're still at a small scale where we have just a little bit. And we're starting to see some of those economies of scale. Our vision is continuing to grow. We're going to continue to grow until we feel like the quality of care is being affected. But we want to grow because we want to offer opportunities for our employees to grow within the organization. And that's really what drives me is just seeing people that start off at entry-level jobs and become Absolutely. managers. And that's really the fun part. Hey, that's always a fun part because you know what? We're expanding, right? We're expanding. We're growing. It's not like I met this gentleman, Dave Meltzer. We had dinner last night and this guy is from Sports One. Pretty well affluent guy. He said something about in the effect of once when we are in our field, do not think about transition, but think about expansion. And that just hit me because every time we are thinking about, oh yeah, what's going to happen after dentistry? What's going to happen after dental school, right? What's going to happen after the job, the next job? And what he put in my head was, think about expansion like in your current field and then expanding to the next thing that you're going to do. And I was like, wow, okay. Never thought of it. Not a, never thought of it that way. And uh, yeah, that's awesome. What you, what you just said. Because yeah, that, that's great. I think that those are words of wisdom right there because we always get something waved in front of us. And, right. that, and that's I love what you're happens. doing. And I love what you do, what, how you think about things like your mindset and my mindset, like just we on the same frequency. If you're not expanding, you are, you're shrinking pretty much. You're just going down and eventually gravity pulls us. So it's mm -hmm. like a defensive uh, play right there, like you said. So I love what you said. So yeah, with that being said, how many associate doctors do you have right now? General dentists, I think we have about 12. And then we have sport, four specialists as well. We have okay. you know, the oral surgeon, prosthodontist, and orthodontist. And we're, obviously our next, I think we discussed this off camera, like we, we're working on our seventh location right now. It's going to be a pedo awesome. ortho group out here in Austin. And it's going to be our biggest startup ever. And we're excited about it. And that's going to be like a completely specialty. No, we're going to have general dentistry too. Okay, oh, okay. We, when we initially came out to Austin area, in our Illinois offices, we have a specialty because we have that built-in referral. In Austin, we haven't quite gotten there yet since we've only been out here for about three years. And so now we have a referral base. We're going to start building our specialty program, which has been great. We can offer some of these services in-house. Some of our docs aren't like super GPs like you are. Yeah. We got to bring in the specialties in, and that definitely is a, a value to our patients. But is any of your docs like looking forward to be like a super GP and taking on some of these roles? That's what we're hoping for. That's tough. I think one thing that maybe we need to work on is just the mentorship yes, side yeah. of, of things. It's tough because we're expected to be the clinical director, right. especially in it, maybe you're not so much anymore, but in, in our stage, like we having that mentorship is it, tough because we have so many things on our plate. It's hard for us to be chairside with some of these younger doctors. Absolutely. Uh, no, absolutely. I love what you just said because you know what you just said resonated with me. How do we create 
three of us, right? How do we create three more Dr. Three more Dr. Kongs, right? How do you do that? Because it seems like if if we want to scale and grow, one of the biggest challenges that we come across is we become dependable on either somebody else or somebody else is depending on us. So I think the best way to expand is how do you create three of you or two of you? And that those guys will be like like your delegates, right? Like just making sure like quality control, everything is ensured across the board. So no, I think that'll probably be the next step for your mentoring. Yeah, and maybe you feel the same way too, but I feel like the expectation for some of these dentists right now. Oh, yes. Are, oh, way different from when you and I had graduated because with the, so much information out there right now, with social media and uh, everybody's so connected, they hear right. one person doing X and everybody expectation is X. And I think that's no, definitely... Yeah. Yes, that has definitely changed. But I think if you still instill the core value of the ethical work, the work values in them, they'll understand what it takes. Because for us, what work was, what we learned was having their goals aligned with our goals. Mm-hmm. And if we can do that some shape, form, or another, or see what ticks for them, I think that kind of works really well. Yeah, just so, getting those one-on-ones with them. Yeah. Say, so, hey, Dr. Kong, man, it was great. Any last minute thing you would like to share? Oh, man. It's any, a, tip, it's a... any tip, word of advice for somebody starting up or someone who is struggling with their office, what would your take be? What would you say? Especially if you're trying to do the multiple office route, you better have a good reason of doing it. You better have a good why because you can just do really well having one practice. There's no reason for you to grow more than, mm. than one practice unless you have a good reason to doing it because there's going to be nights where we're thinking about something and then and struggling to remember why what you're doing. Why am I putting up with this? And right. you better have a good why because that's not an easy journey, yet, but it's definitely doable. And lastly, do you recommend getting any kind of mentors? Mentorship, uh, like I mentioned before, collaborating is mm-hmm. the number one thing right now is just being able to, to find a mentor and that's going to help you out because if you can shorten that time, why not? And mentors are the way to do that. Love it. Love it. I think that's that was great. If someone wanted to reach you, are you open for that? Like, of course. Yeah. yeah. You can always reach out to me. My, my email address is just vukong at gmail.com. Vukong, V-U-K-O-N-G at gmail.com. Doc, thanks a lot. It was great having you. This, those were some serious nuggets we dropped today. But thanks for your insight on your side, because a lot of times we talk about stuff that is from my side. So it was very refreshing trying to hear, hear you from your side. So with that being said, we're going to land the plane. Once again, this was a great episode. Make sure to like and subscribe. This is the end of our Secure Dental Podcast. Have a good one. Thanks for tuning into the Secure Dental Podcast. We hope you found today's podcast inspiring and useful to your practice and financial growth. For show notes, resources, and ways to stay engaged with us, visit us at noelleudds.com. That's N-O-E-L-L-I-U-D-D-S.com. That's N-O-E-L-L-I-U-D-D-S.com.